there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I used to really love to play certain video games. And, and anybody remember some of the old school video games? Maybe this, this particular one will ring a bell. Right? You got Super Mario Brothers. Anybody remember that? Jason, you remember that? The Super Mario Brothers? You remember Super Mario Brothers? If you get that mushroom, you know, you get bigger or whatever. You get unlimited power and all these things. But sooner or later, you're going to run into one of those little guys there that are not so little anymore when you're in, not invincible anymore of you go across it the wrong way, he gets you and you, you know, there's a sound that pops up and the, the person just kind of flies off the screen or whatever. But the best part is not that because usually I would throw something at the screen when I was a kid or something, get upset, but that you get to start over. And some of us, this, this, uh, <laughs> if you're like me, you learn that there are codes that you can punch in for unlimited lives. I learned those codes when I was young too. I learned that there are different codes you could hit and you get unlimited lives. You never die, right? You never die. And so that was me when I was a kid. And I remember, I remember uh, you know, going, oh man, you know, I, I was so close to the end. And then they put you back somewhere in the middle maybe. And then you got to kind of start that part over. But guess what? I got to start over. And some of us today, God gets to, Help you start over. Not just a new year, but a new you. And so we started this series called Restored. And this series about Restored is about taking something that was supposed to be and bringing it back to the front line. Because some of us sometimes, when life hits you, you look like the car in front of the, the yellow door there. Life beats up on you and you feel like, man... I've just, I've just, I'm in so desperate need of being able to see because all my headlights are broken. I can't seem to see anymore like I used to see. I feel like my faith has been rusted out. I feel like in some way I'm not who I was supposed to be or I'm not even close to what I thought I would be at this point in my life. I want you to know something. There's a very real God with very real promises who could do really amazing things. And I believe one thing that he wants to do is restore you. Somebody say restored. Restored you. I'm talking about getting back to who you were meant to be. See, no matter what happens, you can start all over with Christ. Wherever you crash and burn, fall apart, splash into the ocean, game, the game always puts you back. And I believe that God can restore you as well. He is absolutely faithful and he is absolutely forgiving. And I know one thing that, uh, that really, as I was looking up in the, this particular topic, restored has been in my heart for months. In fact, I shared some of these thoughts with our young people back in December when I talked about being restored, because that's, God had already been stirring that restored idea. And that's when I went to Pastor Corey and I said, listen, God's been talking to me about how he needs to restore us. And some of us 
need restoration before we can do anything else in our lives. Before we can take the next step, we need to realize that God is a God of restoration. Yes? When I looked up the word restore, it gave me to bring back to original intent, to return to former or original state. That's restore, to bring back to original or former state. You once were, but now you no longer. God says, you don't have to stay there. I can bring you to a place of life and joy, and I want to do that. And I believe God wants to restore your joy. How many truly believe God wants to restore your joy? Yes? Do you believe that? Well, I believe that one thing is for sure. Psalm 126, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 126. I'll give you a moment to turn there because I want you to see this with your eyes. I want you to see this in your Bible. Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. So when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we're filled with joy. And then the psalmist says this, restore our fortunes, Lord. I want you to just... Just stop for a moment there. Restore our fortunes, Lord. Now listen, fortunes is not just resources or money. You realize that you are a very fortunate person. That doesn't mean you're rich. Do you hear me? Just because you're fortunate doesn't mean you're rich. I'm a very fortunate individual because the grace of God is in my life. So when... When the psalmist is saying, restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams of Negev, he's not just saying, restore my bank account, restore my piggy bank, right? He's not saying that. He's saying, restore the things that once made me rich, the things that once made me what I once was, and that was full of joy, and that... That's said right there in verse 3. We're filled with joy. Like the streams of Negev. And then he goes on to say, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. That's not what the world would say. The world would say, you're sad. Fix it. Do something to fix your sorrow. Whether it's through a bottle or a thing of pills or sleeping with someone, or do whatever you have to do. Feel better about yourself. Do you. Do what you got to do for you. The world will say that, wouldn't it? Do you. Make yourself happy. The psalmist is saying, no, restore my fortunes, O God. In other words, to restore means there was something there already. How many know you can't restore what wasn't there? Right? You can't restore what you don't have. 
But there was something that was there. And some of us, look at me, some of us walked into this room this morning and you had something once upon a time. You had a fire. You had a desire. But now you're saying, where did that go? How did that creep away? What happened? Where is it? Who took it? Has anyone seen my joy? I had it here somewhere. Somewhere. I've lost it. I misplaced it. Some of us in this room, you were at places, man, you, you used to really love Jesus and everything that was about Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer this morning with me. Restore our fortunes, Lord. What was that, what was that calling that you got out of bed for every morning? What was, that, what was that feeling you had when you said, I don't have a job, I have a passion? What was that thing that, that really made you, really made you study, really made you look, really made you passionate about? What is it? You don't have one of those, ask God this morning, restore my fortunes, Lord. Listen. God wants to shake us so that everything that's not of him would fall off. Sometimes we ask God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And we talked about this last week, didn't we? It's his salvation and my willingness. That's the, that's the order it goes. Because we want to say, restore to me the, the feelings that I used to feel when I felt saved. How many ever felt not so saved? You ever felt not Christian? You ever got up in the morning and said, I don't feel Christian today. Let's be honest, right? I mean, there, there's got to be at least one day in your life where you woke up and you said, am I doing this right? And is, or is it just me? Like, pastor, I'm alarmed right now. That you felt like that. Listen, if you don't admit that at some point in your life you felt like you weren't doing it right, then you're not doing it right. Right? Because the enemy's not, he's not intimidated by people. He don't, he don't attack people he's not intimidated by. So if you're getting attacked by the enemy, guess what? You matter. And a lot of people said amen at that moment, right? Like, wow, I matter a lot this week. I mattered a lot in 2019. Because, listen, he won't attack someone that's not a threat. But if you're a threat, believe you me, you're on his hit list. But guess what? You're not alone. You got believers. Why is it so important that we gather like this? Because you need to know you're not alone. Why is it so important we gather like this? Because the prayers are two or three. There he is in the midst. Why is it so important we get together like this? Because God is in the midst of his people, fulfilling through his people. The moment we enter a church or a body or a fellowship and we think, what's in it for me? And you don't ever ask, how could I bless somebody else? We already have hit, jerked the wheel. We've sabotaged the blessing of God in our life. 
you can't jerk the wheel when you're on God's highway and expect everything to go well. Right? So my prayer this morning is, Lord, restore our fortunes. Restore our fortunes. What is it that's in my heart that needs a reboot? See, the real you has been distorted by the lies of the enemy and we bought that lie too long. Why? Because sin is destructive, sin distorts, and sin distracts. Write that down. You need to write that down. Sin is destruction, sin is distortion, sin is distraction. Destruction, distortion, distraction. Sin will always do at least one of those things at any point in your life. Sin desires to pull you away from beauty that is the original you. He'll tell you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to pray every single day. You don't need to read every single day. A couple of days once in a while is not bad. And I'm telling you that that's how it starts. No one ever thought that we're going to slip when they started. And then you find yourself at a place where you're saying, I don't even desire to read the word anymore. That's a dangerous place, my friend. And if that's you this morning, ask God this morning, restore my fortunes, oh Lord. Hello? All right, it's getting quiet. That means I'm preaching all right. God is not interested in our happiness as much as he is our holiness. You want to see 2020 be different? Let holiness be at the front of your desires. You want to see everything different? Seek first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added. There was a man who got into a severe accident and he lost one of his arms. And his desire, his desire was to be a handball champion. So he worked. And, and how many ever played handball, first of all? The ball is ridiculously hard, right? I mean, I'm from New York. They play handball a lot in New York because there's like three trees, so there's not much else to do, right? <laughs> they play handball a lot. And I remember when I was a kid, I remember seeing them play handball. And then when the first time I grabbed the handball, I was like, what is, why are they playing with a hockey puck? What is this? So hard, this ball. So this man wanted to be a handball champion. So he went out and he practiced and practiced and practiced. And guess what? This man became handball champion. Now, they interviewed the guy. And they said to him, what made you, a one-handed individual, want to go out and be a handball champion and expect to beat everybody that has two hands. Everybody's already had, everybody has two hands out there. They're, they're double what you have. And you, you're out there and you were champion. Tell us what the secret was. And he said, you know what the secret was? I have one hand. 
There were no other options. Everybody I faced had options. They would get crossed up in trying to select which hand was going to swing at the ball. I didn't have other options. I had one hand, and that's the one I needed to get to. And I'm telling you that when we become a people that tell ourselves there are no other options, Jesus Christ is the only option. Hello? Jesus Christ is the only option. The problem with our world today is, which one do I use? Do I use, I can solve my problems with money. I can solve my problems with the right job. I can solve my problems with the right relationship. Get a bigger house, it'll feel better. Get a nicer car, you'll drive with more confidence. And a huge car payment. Right? The world says there's a lot of options. This handball champion said I only got one option. And every time the ball came my way, I knew what my option was. Hello? What's your option? What's your second hand? If Jesus is one, what's the other one? Whatever it is, tie it behind your back. And start realizing that true life happens when we have no other options. And I have no other choice. Because there is no other name under heaven whereby I must be saved but the name of Jesus. I have no other options. No other options. Your happiness is fleeting. True holiness says my option is always Jesus. So you see, to be holy before God requires being completely surrendered to him. And that's where everybody slams the brakes that is not fully there yet. To be wholly surrendered to him, that's W-H-O. Not just H-O, right? We, we will end up being holy, H-O-L-Y. But you know what really happens before we get to the H-O-L-Y holy? We need to be holy completely surrendered to him and he has to be the come on say it with me only option seek first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness and all these things will be added what's all these things fortunes the things that help our lives move forward it's not just money though it can be that seek his earthly happiness can be destroyed in the moment by a sudden death a, medical, a bad medical report, financial collapse, a request for divorce, a phone call from jail, or a loss of a job. Easily, that happiness, gone. But joy, oh, joy is different. In his book, When God Whispers Your Name, Max Lucado writes this. Listen to this closely. I choose self-control because I'm a spiritual being. After this, body is dead, my spirit will soar. I refuse to let what will rot rule the eternal. I choose self-control. I will be drunk only by joy. I will be impassioned only by my faith. I will be influenced only by my God. I will be taught only by Christ. I choose self-control. 
Did you hear that? I'm not going to let the things of this earth that will rot determine my eternal place. See, in order to restore the true you, there must be a sense of self-control. And today you have to choose what your option is. You want to be restored. There has to be only one option, the only one that can truly restore you. This morning's message is entitled simply this, The Restored You. Because the restored you can look a little different than the non-restored you. It can look like that car in the beginning in that first slide. Little beat up, still recognize it's a car, but not entirely sure. Not entirely sure what's going on. My car's not running right. That's my car, my life. It's not running right. You can ask God, restore me. I like what Acts said. Um, the world says get all you can by any means necessary, right? But Acts tells us this. When they all met together with Jesus, they asked Jesus, watch this. For those of you that don't know, turn to Acts 1 real quick. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 1. Can you do that with me? Acts chapter 1. And I want to kind of put this in perspective for a moment. Acts chapter 1. Beginning in verse 6, all the way to verse 8, said this. So when they met together, they asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now let me stop for a moment. Because their intention was, we have had stuff, but when are you going to give it back to us? Like, are you going to help us get our stuff back? Like, our mean neighbor took all of our stuff, and when are you going to tell him to give it back? And God says, listen, it's not for you to know, and this is his response. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has said by his own. And he goes on to say this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, he doesn't even quite answer the question, does he? You know what he says? The answer's coming, but not like you expect. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit that will guide you and he'll answer all these other little questions you have. You want to restore the kingdom because you see things differently. You see the kingdom differently. I want to restore the kingdom because I see the real you. You want it just for you. I want it so that your true you will come out. You just want your stuff back. I don't want to just give you your stuff back. I want to restore you. So while they're talking about stuff, are you, are you following me right now? Are you, you trailing me? They're talking about when are you going to give us our stuff back? Jesus is like, I don't want to get your stuff back yet. I got to deal with you first. So guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to help you. And he's going to what? Be your witness and you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. Listen, you got a mission first. 
So God is more concerned with you being than doing. Did you hear that? You say, well, Pastor Tony, does that mean I do nothing? No, not at all. That does not mean that. What that means is God is more concerned with you being a Christian than acting like one. So restoring you is not about getting your stuff back. Restoring you is about getting you back. The real you. The you God created you to be. And some of you don't have joy today because you're asking for your stuff back. But you never asked for you back. You can get stuff and guess what? You'll lose it. If you get your stuff back. And you're still not ready to receive it you it'll burn but if you are every bit God wanted you to become and you're ready when you get your stuff it's going to be all the better so God says let me restore you before I restore your stuff let me give you the Holy Spirit and he's going to walk you through this every day of your life. How many want the Holy Spirit to walk you through every day of your life? Yes? That's my, that's my prayer is that you would want that more than anything. So the first thing is fortune. Everybody say fortune. God wants to restore fortune flowing goodness. That fortune is flowing goodness. It's the kingdom of heaven in your life every day. Even if everything's not going great, the kingdom of God, the flowing goodness of God is in your life. I want the flowing goodness, not just happiness. The flowing goodness of God allows me to operate in kingdom mentality. The flowing goodness of God helps me to operate according to his will, not my own. The flowing goodness of God helps me to see people as an opportunity to show the love of God instead of a nuisance in my life. If people are a nuisance, check your heart. Many would think that fortune only means resources and I, I beg to differ because the truth is Fortunes is the flowing goodness of God. I'm fortunate to be saved. I'm blessed to be saved. I'm blessed to be favored of God. When you got favor, even those people who kind of like you start to not like you. Even the people that love you sometimes, when you have a, the favor of God in your life, think about it for a moment. Joseph had the favor of God in his life. Right? The moment he started sharing some things, People that were supposed to love him and care for him and watch out for him, all of a sudden they're like, I don't like him anymore. Favor will do weird things and you got to be okay with that. Everybody with me? So when we're talking about restoring, say, God, restore my fortune. Come on, pray that with me. Say, God, restore my fortune. What I'm saying is, God, restore your flowing goodness in my life. The flowing goodness of God. How many could use the flowing goodness of God in your life? Right? The second thing, restore my joy. Joy. I believe God wants to restore joy in the house of God today. Some of you have been seeking to get your stuff back, but you've never been willing to get yourself back. Father, 
your will matters to me. I'll get my stuff when I get it. I know, I know, listen, I'm not married yet. I'll get it when I get it. I, I, I don't have kids yet. We've been praying. I'll get it when I get it. I don't have that job that I've been looking for. I'll get it when I get it. I just want you. I just want you. I'm not saying that if you seek him, everything you ever wanted will come and drop at your feet. But who says it can't? God is sovereign like that. I don't know. He knows. But what we can do is we can do it right. And the right order is seek him first. And all these things will be added. God number one, everything else is second. Does that make sense? That's, that, that's the beginning of true joy. Because Psalm tells us, restore unto me the what of thy salvation? That's what the psalmist was asking. Restore my joy. That happened when you saved me. Last week I read a verse that said, this very verse, and it said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And then it says later, that I, will may, that I may have a heart of willingness. His job is to save and restore. My job is to be willing sometimes to wait. I don't think that was good news for some of you. Some of you are like, no, don't say that part. We don't know what wait looks like. How many like to wait? <laughs> some of y'all get mad in a fast food line. <laughs> Rightfully so, because I've been there. There's some places that fast shouldn't be in their line of anything. It's just food when you get it. There should be, there should be a line out there. One says fast food, fat, one says food when you get it. Because some of it ain't fast. I'll tell you that right now. Let's just be honest. You want to label it right. And some of us will be like, I must have pulled into the wrong line because this is not fast at all. I pulled in the wrong line. And some of you know what I'm talking about because when you go to check out, you always stand behind the wrong person that they're going to need customer service or somebody to come by, right? And you're like, always, always. They had three things and you messed it up. You got one job. Three things. Beep, beep, beep. Pay. Price check also. What? And everybody in that other line that you were thinking about going on, they're gone. That person's already in the parking lot. And you're like, I was behind that person. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you know what I'm talking about, right? How did that happen? How do I pick the wrong line every time? But that's the same way spiritual sometimes. We look at everybody else's line, we're like, how come they get it? How come they, and I got stuck behind this person. Can I tell you something? God knows the big picture. Make the best of every moment that you're in. And don't stress about things that don't, you can't change. Life is too short. Maybe you just need to just pray, Lord, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Maybe that's a prayer you need to pray this week. Lord, I want to be who you, who you called me to be. Not who I'm becoming right now. So, I want to share with you one story before I kind of put this in a capsule for you to take home. And here it is. Are you ready? 
There was a minister that was walking with someone, and this someone was a, he was an agent for a company that sold soap. And that person was talking to the minister and saying, you know, I have trouble with what's happening in our world today. And the minister, like a good minister, was listening to him and said, yeah, I hear you. He's like, I have, a tr- I have trouble because there's so much sin in the world. There's so much issues in the world. Ministers couldn't argue that. Said, yeah, that's true. That's happening. He says, how could you believe? The man just was being honest. He said, pastor, can I be honest with you? He said, go ahead. He says, how could you say that Christianity works? When I'm looking at this park right here, and he looked, and there was a little kiddie park there, and the kids were playing. He's like, you're looking, and there's people that are hurting each other right now in this world. There's good and bad. There's family that are broken and war and disease. Not to mention the negative problems in our world politically. How can you say that Christianity works? Just look around. It's not working. They walked in silence for a few minutes. The pastor thought. And he looked at the man. He said, what do you do again? He goes, me? Well, I, I, I'm a major salesman for a soap company. Pretty successful. I said, oh, you're pretty successful. Is it good soap? I said, yeah, it's the best soap. I do very well selling it because it is the best soap out there. He said, that's fantastic that you sell the best soap. The minister turned and pointed. He said, can your soap help those kids that are playing in the mud over there? Absolutely, you better believe it. And the minister stopped for a second and said, so it is with being a Christian. You must apply the Christian faith for it to work. The truth is, there's a lot of people walking around this world, they've never applied the principles of Scripture. Therefore, have never seen the response that comes from putting their trust in God. We can't look around and say God is not God and he's not real because of all the sin in the world. Guess what? The fact that people have a choice shows the love of God by itself. It's not forcing you, not making you do anything you don't want to do. The the sheer fact of free will shows the love of God. But I promise you, if you apply the gospel you will be clean. Are you hearing me? So it is with the gospel today. This presentation to you today, it's about applying. How could I get to a place of restoration? How could I be restored? And the answer is this. Apply the soap. Apply the gospel to your life so you too can be restored. Can I have you bow your heads all across this room right now? Everyone at the sound of my voice, just bow your heads. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. For those that are struggling with everything that this world is going through and trying to make heads or tails over it. Lord, you love us so much that you allow us the choice to choose you or reject you. 
I pray that God, we would not be just be listening to the word, but doers of the word. That God, like James said, that we would take action in our lives. Lord, I thank you that while some don't believe that you exist, many, if not most of us in this room do. We've applied the gospel and it works. But there's some that walked in here that lack joy. There's some in here that lack the flowing goodness of God, of that fortune and favor. I'm asking you to restore fortune, favor, and joy in this place in Jesus' name.